Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. We strive to lead people to be God-chasing, grace-shaped love agents. Our goal is to tear down the walls that have kept people away from church to help them build a relationship with God, our Creator. We are so glad you're tuning in today. We hope and pray that this leads you to Jesus and His path for your life. So, without further ado, here is today's teaching. Week one, we talked about the two-sided coin of walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. But when we wrapped up, we really talked about the first one on the list, love. Now, love is awesome. We love, we love love. Don't we love love? 10,000 love songs are written like every day by middle school students. Like it's a, it's a big deal. We love to be loved. We love to be in love. We love love. So in terms of this list, check. I want that. I want that in my life. Check. Love. I want it. The next week was joy. Who don't want joy in their life? Like if you don't want joy in your life, Eeyore, like stop. It's, we love joy. And the cool thing about joy is that we learned that when, even when we're going through hard times, even when it's a struggle, when life is full of suffering, because of God, we're able to find joy. Maybe not always happiness. You'll have to go back and listen to see what is the difference between the two. But joy, yeah, check me off. Love, check. Joy, check. I want that. Last week, Patrick talked about what? Does anybody remember? Peace. Oh, peace is fantastic. Who don't want peace in their life? That, I, honestly, as I talk to people who are kind of searching out religion, I'll use that whole phrase very loosely. But as they're searching out religion, one of the number one things I hear people say is that what they're looking for is peace. I just need to have this peace of heart. And Patrick talked about the peace of God. So that, yeah, check, sign me up on that one. Love, joy, peace. And then we get to today's word and everything changes. Help me out. You should have it memorized by now. What is it? The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience by definition means things aren't going right. (laughs) Like if you have to have patience, you're dealing with something that you're not happy about. When I think about patience, the first thing that comes to my mind is being stuck in traffic. You ever been stuck in traffic? Last summer, I went on a road trip with my brother. We were headed to Charlotte to go see a concert. Uh, my favorite band of all time, a band called Dispatch. Most people have never heard of them, but I love them. And I just love, I, I was so pumped. We've, we've traveled around our nation to go see this band, Boston and Chicago and New York. We're like, dude, they're in North Carolina. Let's go see them. And so we bought tickets early. We had front row seats. We paid probably too much for the tickets. And we were ready to go. And like, we were somewhere in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina. You know that spot between like, here and there, like that whole stretch. <laughs> um, there's nothing there. And traffic stopped. And it was one of those standstill traffics where like you can put it in park and turn the car off for like two hours kind of traffic. And so we're just like, oh my goodness, you know. And so like it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's North Carolina and it's July. So it's like a 215 degrees on the asphalt. And it's like, you're just, and people are running out of gas and other people are losing their mind. And people respond to these types of situations differently. You really get to see a lot about people's varying degrees of character in moments like this. And so you've got some people just yelling, hey, what's going on up there? And you got other people out like directing traffic, like move along. I'm like, I can't, There's, you don't even have an orange vest. Like you have no authority here. What are you trying to do? Then you got the other people who are angry at that guy, you know, for going, there was this uh, one moment where I looked at my rearview mirror and you ever watch The Walking Dead? You know the scene, there's several scenes where there's on an interstate and then there's this like zombie crowd, just like, and like these people just are walking up from behind me and we're like, should we run? Like, do we bring the double barrel, sawed off shotgun? I'm not sure. So that happened. And then this one dude got out and he was riding on a longboard, just riding. We're on like uh, somewhere on an interstate. We're just, 
I'm like, that's a pretty awesome idea. I should have brought a skateboard. Eventually, Highway Patrol showed up, and they were able to miraculously part the traffic and get through. They had the, the speaker on, like, pull over, move. So they get through. I remember this one dude. He was a genius. He was just, like, walking with Highway Patrol, like, directing traffic. And the thought that I had was, he's going to have to walk back to his car, and everybody behind him is not going to be able to go. Um, but anyway, that happened. So here's the deal. If you know me very well, you know that, like, it takes a lot to like phase me, to like really get me ticked or to really like, I mean, I, I kind of try to ride, you know, try to ride on an even keel. And so even in stressful situations, I tend to find my most peace there. But we had paid a lot of money for these concert tickets. <laughs> and we're getting to a point where like, dude, we're going to be late. Like, I don't want to miss, I don't even want to miss the opening band. Like, I want to be there before everybody else. I want to take in the atmosphere. You guys who know how much I love this band, you know how much I wanted to be there. And I'm starting to be like, dude, can we go? Can we go? Okay patience. When you hear the word patience, you know that something is not going the way that you wish it could go. When your mom told you as a kid, be patient, honey, what she was really saying was, stop bugging me. You can't have that right now, right? That's what she really meant. When you're at the restaurant and the waitress comes up and says, hey, thank you so much for being patient. You know what that means? She took too dang long to come take my drink order. Like that's what, in our mind, we immediately, when we have to have patience, admit there was a situation going on where we weren't getting what we wanted right now. In some older English versions of the Bible, uh, the word patience in this passage is replaced with another word, one that I think that we can all understand, even if you never use it. Some of them say the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, and long suffering. (laughs) And like, I'm not sure what long suffering is. Like I've never used that word in 2018. But I know what suffering is, and I don't want it long. <laughs> and if so, if that's a synonym for patience, love, check, joy, check, peace, check, patience, ah, hard pass. But there it is. And it's a gift from God. It's something that when we're walking the walk of his spirit in our life, it comes out of us. And I think if we're honest, we would, most of us at least, would agree that patience is a good thing. Patience is a virtue, virtue, right? We say that. Because we recognize that with patience comes a lot of other things. We can wait out for maybe something better or something, whatever. You can get strength in these moments. Um, But more importantly, patience is good because as much as we might wish that life would always go exactly the way that we wish it would go, we also know that it's not always going to go the way that we wish it would go. And we need to have a plan for that. We need to have a plan for when life falls apart, for when there's a traffic jam or something way worse happens. God's plan for that, at least part of it, is called patience. And it's something he gives us. Patience, patience, patience. Every week we love to look to the Bible for answers to life's most important questions. Grab your Bible. We're going to be jumping all over the place because there's a lot of stuff that God's word has to say about patience. Um, it wouldn't be hard for us to just like stand here for the rest of my time uh, about what, 20 minutes and just be like, all right, I'm just going to do nothing but read passages that talk about patience. We could do that. For example, here'd be one you could look at. This is in Proverbs. Proverbs is a wisdom literature book. Lots of really wise things in there. Proverbs 16:32 says this, better a patient man than a warrior. A man who controls his temper than one who takes a city. You see the implication there. It's it's better to be patient than to be angry or argumentative or even to have like mad fighting skills, even if it's with a bow staff. Like whatever it is in Napoleon Dynamite, friends. Um, But better a patient man. That's, That's the way it goes. Be patient. Okay, so there's a passage. Here's another one from Proverbs. There's several in Proverbs. Proverbs 14, verse 29. A patient man 
or woman has great understanding. You know that to be true, don't you? But a quick-tempered person displays, you see it on the screen, what do they display? Folly. That's another word for idiot. <laughs> Patience is a virtue. The New Testament chimes in, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, says this, and we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak. I don't even want to say this out loud, but be patient with everyone. Everyone. I don't want to just throw a bunch of Bible verses at us. It'd be like, see, the Bible says it, so that settles it. Boom. Drop the mic, walk off the stage. Because uh, that doesn't really help us. I think the question that we really want to know is, Why? Why is patience such a good thing if by default it means life isn't going well? Why? Um, I want to give us a working definition for the word patience, and I hope that through the rest of our time together, you'll see that this is, is this something I've kind of gleaned from reading scripture and like studying it over the past couple of weeks? But um, first, it's, I mean, I want to say what patience is not. Patience is not just sitting down and waiting for tomorrow. Like, it's not just sit there and do nothing. Like, there's a hurricane going on outside, and it's just, just go bunker down and just, just wait until it passes. There's an element to that in, in patience. You do have to just wait sometimes. But that's not all that it is. This is the working definition I want to give us. Patience is the ability to focus on God through the uncertain, the unexpected, and the unpleasant. Because life's going to be uncertain. It's not always bad. It's not always traffic jams. Sometimes it's like, I got offered a job. Should I take it? And sometimes the answer is, be patient. It's the ability to focus on God in the uncertain, the unexpected, the unpleasant. Uh, patience is a lot like a measuring stick or a, a, a gauge for something else that God gives us. Patience is a gauge for how our faith is doing. Hang on to that thought with me because, like, in your car, uh, most of you got here in a car. You know, you've written, you, you know about cars, right? You guys have seen these things? All through your car, you've got gauges. Like, there's this instrument panel, and you got a gauge that measures your speed. You got a gauge that measures how much gas you have. You got a gauge that measures how many rotations per minute your engine has. And a lot of times, you're like, why do we even have that one? You got a gauge that measures how far you've driven. Uh, there's other gauges, though. Some are under the hood. There's a cool gauge. It's a dipstick, it's this long metal rod thing, and it, it tests how much oil you have or the quality of your oil. Like, that's a gauge. Uh, there's other gauges. There's like a gauge that measures the air pressure in your tires. These are all gauges. And those things let you know the quality and the performance of your vehicle. And you've got gauges all over your house and all over your life. And some of these gauges are easier to check than others. The speedometer is easy to check. But some, some gauges take some special skills to understand. But your speedometer, you're like, I feel like we're going pretty fast. Like those trees are just going by really fast. You look down at your speedometer, we're going 85. That adds up. Sometimes you just feel like we're going pretty slow. There's a dog passing us. Oh, seven. The speedometer is a good example of an easy-to-read gauge. And here's the thing. I think that patience is a gauge to let us know where our faith is. And here, here's a sentence to kind of write down or remember. There is a direct correlation between your patience and your faith. And it's not rocket science. This is not a gauge that's really hard to read. In fact, if I asked you right now, how's your patience? With a look, you could probably tell me. And if it's like this, you're on low, <laughs> you know? If you got more patience, you can, you can deal with more things. There's a direct correlation between patience 
and your faith. We're going to come back to this sentence all throughout, but uh, let's just look at, at, at uh, Psalm chapter 27. The psalmist writes this as he's thinking about uh, the roller coaster of life and how crazy things can get and where I put my trust. And this is what he writes, Psalm 27, starting in verse 1. We'll read the first three verses first. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Listen to how life goes sometimes. When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. And then it goes on for several verses and it continues to break down the ways that life can be uncertain or, or, uh, or unclear or you know, ugly, like all these different ways. And then you get all the way down, you can read that on your own time later. But in verse 13, this is what the writer says. He says, but I remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14, this is one that you, you could get, you know, cross-stitched in your living room, tattooed on your leg, or however you remember stuff. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. What does that sound like? Patience. If we can wait on God, there's a direct correlation between our patience and our faith. Waiting on God. It isn't just about sitting in the storms of life with your fingers in your ear going, la, 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 la. It's the ability to focus on God, even in times when it's uncertain or when it's unexpected or when it's unpleasant. And that is a hard thing to learn. It's one of the harder things to learn in faith. In fact, when psychologists talk about this, um, they, they talk about the way we respond to negative things in our lives. And, uh, and there's a list of words that all start with the letter F. And maybe you've heard this if you took any kind of entry-level psychology in college. Uh, but, you know, one of the ways we deal is that we fight. You know, another way is flight. Another way is freeze. And there's a lot of other words that they throw in there just to kind of further clarify. But fight, flight, or freeze. These are responses that we very naturally have. And some of them are, are healthy responses. They're things that just teach us to keep ourselves alive. But we respond to the bad things in life in these natural ways. Uh, for example, for you, if you're sitting with your fingers in your ears, and that is a lot of our, our response. I just, I'm not going to deal with this right now. It's going to go away, go away, go away. We, we back ourselves into a corner. La, 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 la. That's freeze. I just, I can't. And people who just are debilitated through anxiety and, and depression and worry and fear, that's often, you know, your go-to response. I just can't. I can't even. My go-to is probably, it's probably technically fight, but I would give it another word that starts with the letter F, fix. I'm just going to fix it. Like something's going wrong. Like I'm the guy that during the hurricane, I'm in the front yard trying to build a hurricane wall. Like, let's just, we'll just prevent the hurricane, right? And so maybe that's you. You want to get out and you want to get your hands on it. You want to fix it. You want to go in someone's life like, you know what's wrong with you? <laughs> just like, let them know. You want to fight or you want to fix or, or, or another, another thing. Uh, another thing, the other one, that, that flight thing might be the easiest thing. Problems coming, what do you do? Tuck tail and run. Get out of there. This is complicated. Men, this is how many of us manage our emotions. We don't. We don't want to cry. We don't want to talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. What do you mean we need to talk more? I just told you something. That was talking, right? We, we cut it off. We run from it. Here's the thing. When God comes into our life, I think he gives us an extra response. In fact, a response that can be added to all those other words that start with F. Conveniently, in English, it also starts with the letter F, and the word is faith. That in the midst of the storm, while we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, 
we have an exterior source to look at. And we say, God, what do you want in this? Faith. This is what patience looks like. Sitting in the storm and the uncertain and the unexpected and the unpleasant. Uh, there are a lot of responses that we could have, but patience seems to be the one that God brings us back to. And this is the question we ask ourselves to find faith. Based on what I know about God, and that's going to vary for all of us, but there's some level of knowledge about God that all of us have. Based on what I know about God, how should I respond right now? From the little things to the big things. The waitress is late to get my drink order. But based on what I know about God, how should I respond to her right now? You don't know what she's going through. You don't know what it's like at work or what it's like in her home life, right? I'm sitting in traffic. I've got two special fingers for the guy next to me. But based on what I know about God, how should I respond right now? You with me? And on to the big things. You're dealing with like major issues, financial issues, health issues, family issues, marriage issues, parenting issues. Parenting, come on. Don't, tell, don't talk to me about yesterday. <laughs> I'm serious. Based on what I know about God, how would he want me to respond? And, and, and then we see there's a direct correlation between our patience and our faith. And when our patience is running low, you know what else is running low? Our faith. So like a gauge in our car, our, our patience meter fluctuates. It's full, it's empty, it's in the middle. And what do you do when you run out of gas in your car? Well, if you've done like I've done many times, you walk two miles and you buy one of those little red cans and you come back, right? Um, if you're smarter, like I've learned more recently in life, you pull over before you get all the way empty and you stop at a gas station and you fill up. And that can be true with our patience. How's your patience right now? In general, how's your patience? How's it with specific people? How's it with specific circumstances? How is your patience... I'm thankful to my friend Jason. He's a pastor in Virginia Beach. Uh, he recently did a lesson on patience, and he identified kind of three uh, indicators. Uh, if, if you know, if you have in your car the little the little light that comes on that tells you that you're almost out of gas. On my car, it means I can drive for a day and a half if my light comes on. You know what I mean? But when that little light comes on, these indicators let you know when you're running low and what you can do to fill up. So these are three little indicators. I, I want to give you these because they're really good, um, and it's, it's it's it serves two purposes. One, it lets you know when you're running low on patience and faith, but it also gives you a key on how to get some more. Because if you're running low on patience in an area of your life, there's a good chance that your faith is not where it could be. And it could grow. So here's one. Uh, first of all, if, you're, if your patience is running low, remember how big God is. Take that in. There's a good chance that if your patience is running mo low, it's because you have forgotten how big God is. Or maybe you never knew in the first place. And maybe for you, this, is, this would be the beginning of a quest and a journey for you. Like you're like, I don't know how big God is. I have no idea. This is my first time at church. Or like I haven't been since I was a little kid. That's fine. But take, take, take a second and ask this question. Like, well, okay, how big... How big is God? Um, I could tell you this. I could go on story after story after story, but we just don't have time for that today. But I, I could tell you story after story in my life where I've seen God show up. What's funny is he even shows up when I forget about him, <laughs> you know? But he's showing up, and there would be story after story after story after people, of people in our, in our church family right here who could tell you, and this is what God did in my life. And so um, I want to read a passage for you. This is just uh, the Bible telling us how big God is. It's just a very small snippet. You could keep reading the rest of this chapter. It's great. In Colossians chapter 1, but I'm just going to read verse 16. It tells us about the bigness of God, specifically Jesus. It says, for him, talking about Jesus, for in him all things were created, 
things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That's big. And what is it that you're dealing with? Ain't nothing that he ain't big enough to deal with. If our patience meter's running low, it's possible that we have forgotten how big God is. So let me ask you this question. What's stressing you out? What is keeping you awake at night? What is on your last nerve? (laughs) Is it possible that you just need to tune into how big God is? Because when we do that, something happens. We begin to realize that God is bigger than the things that hold me down. And you know what that gives us? It gives us hope. Hope grows into faith. And I could do a whole lesson on faith. Faith, by the way, I want to give us a good working definition for faith. There's a lot of good ones. Faith is uh, believing that God is who he says he is and that he will do the things he said he would do. And even take it a step further. In fact, I don't think faith is complete until you, you act on that. Because God is who he is, and he does say he's going to do these things, I'm going to be willing to take steps. And those we call those steps of faith. Because I, I trust. It's very akin to trusting God. And the more we learn to trust God, the more we realize, like, okay, this is crazy. There's a storm going overhead right now, but I'm going to focus on God through this storm and not on my own, uh, my own strength. If your patience run in love, you've, you may have forgotten how big God is. So remember how big God is. That's the first one. Second one, if your patience is running low, Maybe you've replaced uh, God's will with your own desires. And so here's the the key. Focus on God's will, not your own desires. Our goal throughout this whole series is to really talk about the difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. Because when I walk in the flesh, it's all about me, 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 my, 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 I, I, I. What can I get from me? What can I do for me? And so on the other side of all these virtues that we're getting from Galatians chapter five, there's another side, those are walking in the spirit, but there's another side of all those where it's like, this is about me. And when it comes to patience and faith, it's like, this is what I want for my life. Why are you impatient? Uh, Because I wanted to do this and uh, it's not happening. So I'm impatient, impatient right now. But when we come over here and we begin to walk in God's spirit, we start to focus more on what his will is for our life. And we begin to see what his will for our life is. It suddenly allows us to take a step back and calm down and be patient. There's so many different places we could learn about this. But in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 2, it's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Paul tells the, the Romans this. He says, look, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So since God is so merciful, since God gives us so much grace, so much forgiveness, so much love, because of what God has done for us, here's what you should do. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I love this. This isn't about laying down your life and like being dead, being a dud, doing nothing. He's like, no, be a living sacrifice so that you can be alive and excited and in the world and doing so. Be a living sacrifice. This is holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Because God's so merciful, just give him your life. Like live your life for him. Verse two says this, don't conform to the pattern of this world. What is the pattern of this world? I'm gonna tell you in a word, selfishness. That's what walking in the flesh is. It's all about me. I need a bigger house, a bigger bank account, hotter girlfriend, you know, whatever. It's all me. It's all me, 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 me. That's the word. The pattern of this world is selfishness. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that mind piece is where we come in and say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about God's will in my life. And here's the cool thing that happens. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Like, so often we say, what's God's will for my life? 
And what we want to know is like, what degree should I get in school? What job should I have? How much should I put in my you know, retirement plan? We want to know these details. And he goes, no, 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 no. My will for your life is that you live for me. That's my will for your life. All the other things fall into place because once you decide to give your life to me in a living sacrifice, then you'll know what my will for your life is. My good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's not bad. My aim is to prosper you, not to harm you. My goal is that you will live a life that is honoring to me and fulfilling to you. How do we know what God's will is? Well, I mean, we could do a 10-week series on this, but it's a large portion of it is putting other people first, putting God first. Jesus says that's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to know what my will is, stop putting yourself in first place. Take a back seat. And what's crazy is once we do that, once we put God's will in the front seat, suddenly the patience meter, we're checking the patience meter. I'm low on patience. You know why? Because I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because things aren't going the way that I want them to go. But suddenly when we start looking out for other people's desires and needs, especially what it means to honor God, our faith raises, our patience raises, and we find ourselves in this place where we're like, you know what? I'm good. If your patience meter is struggling, it might be because you have no concept of what God's will is in this world, and you're only focused on your desires. I want to read another passage, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, just reminds us, we should trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him, to God. And this is what happens. When we turn our will over to God, he makes our path straight. It's a metaphor. It's a, it's a word picture. But the idea is, look, God is going to show us one step at a time where we need to go, but it starts with us turning it over to him. So look, if your patience is running low, it's likely to be that you need to step back and ask yourself, what's God's will in this? Based on what I know about God, how should I respond? That's the second filling station. So we've got, remember how big God is. We've got focus on God's will. And the last one is this. Uh, if your patience is running low, you've lost focus on God. So here, here's your, your thing. You need to pray and you need to stay. This is gonna take some explanation, but I think you're gonna like it. And it's gonna be the place where we maybe grow the most in our faith. Um, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says this. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. How do we get all this like spiritual, um, you know, stamina? We hope in the Lord. We trust in him. Like we're waiting on him. We have patience. We're putting him first. It's that whole thing. You focus on God through the uncertain, through the ugly. Suddenly we get this extra burst of energy. We can do this thing. Uh, Every time I've hit a bad situation and I wanted to run away, but I felt like it would be what God would do would be want me to stay every time when I've stayed. It has grown me into the man that I am today. Running away never builds character. Now, I need to give this caveat. Like, this is things that are within God's will. We're not talking about abusive situations here. We're not like, you know, you need to sit there and be abused because it's God's will for you to like grow. That's, that's sick. That's twisted. God's will is not that people, you know, live under the abusive hand of somewhere else. So there's other situations like that. So understand what I'm saying. The idea of staying through something is like, if, if it seems like it's God's will for me to stick out this situation and I stay, what happens in that is something beautiful. We grow. We build this ability to put up with life 
Because life isn't always going to go the way that we want it to go. The growing moments for me have come when I was challenged to sit and wait on God. And there are countless stories. Uh, people in this room, again, we don't have time to, if we get line up and just tell the stories of times where, you know what, I stuck it out and it made things better. There are stories in this room of marriage got really stinking hard, but we really believe that God wanted us to just dig in and stick with each other and focus on him. And on the other side of that, there was healing and there was growth and there was strength. And I'm so glad we stayed. There are people at our church family and in this room through, through an addiction and through a rehab and a recovery process. You're like, it was hard. It was hard to give up on that thing that was controlling my life, but I did it and I stuck with it. And on the other side of it, there was healing and there was hope and there was so much joy. And so many times we run from working through the hard things. It's, it's what we want. Nobody wants to go to the doctor and get a shot. You know, like you don't want to do the stuff that's going to like hurt a little bit. But in life, when we stick it through, especially when it's things that we can see, this is what God would have me do. On the other end of it, he would cause growth. But here's the deal. We're not just sitting there and doing nothing. This isn't sit in the house with your fingers in your ear and la, 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 while the storm goes over. We're doing another thing. And this is, I said, we need to stay, but we also need to pray. Prayer is our most open line of communication with God. It is the most powerful tool that we have available to us. The ability to step into the throne room of the creator of the universe and be like, yo, dude, I need to talk. And you go to him and say, listen, you're my heavenly father. I know that your word tells me that you love me and I'm struggling. And maybe you don't feel eloquent when you pray. I mean, I was with a teenager once. I worked as a youth pastor for 10 years, and I'll never forget this prayer this, kind of, this kid shared. It was the first time he'd ever gone to a youth event with us. He'd been doing stuff with the youth group for a long time, but mostly the fun stuff, you know, the ski trips, the basketball games, stuff like that. But we were at this conference where we were in a really um, spiritual moment, and, and, and he said, hey, and we're in a group, like, like 20 kids. And he said, Chris, you think it'd be okay for me to pray? I'm like, yeah, totally. And he bowed his head, and he said, um, God, um, I guess you can hear me. Uh, I guess you're good. That's what these people are telling me. So thanks. Uh, that, that's all I got. <laughs> and after, and I, <laughs> I'm bawling because <laughs> I've seen this guy grow so much. I'd been with him for probably a year. And he come from a broken home and he had no God in his life. And, he had, and just being with believers and seeing people pray, and it wasn't eloquent. But afterwards, he's like, dude, was that okay? I was like, man, that was like the most beautiful hair, prayer I've ever heard in my life. You were just honest with God. And so for us to just kind of pull up a chair in our mind or physically and be like, God, I just want to tell you about life right now. I'm going through this, and I need a heap of faith. I need the, the ability to get through this. I need the patience. I need answers. I'm faced with this situation at work. I don't even know what to do. And through prayer, God begins to open up within us an understanding of what he wants. And then one of the things he allows us to do, this is the craziest thing, he gives us the ability to wait. Because in that time while we're waiting, he puts people in our lives. People like someone you might be sitting next to right now, and you don't even know their name yet. But in the next six months, you might find out that through them, God is showing you something. Y'all build a friendship, you build a relationship. He also does it when we're reading his word, when we're in the Bible, and during this time of waiting, we're like, God, I just need answers, and we're reading, and suddenly off the page of scriptures, it jumps out, it punches you in the ear, and you're like, that's it! <laughs> that's what I was looking for. 
you're listening to a sermon or you're listening to a teaching or on your own, you're just reading through a devotional book and in all these things, God is nurturing your soul and what you're learning in the process is how big God is. The sky didn't fall while you were waiting for answers. And suddenly you find out more about his will and when you let your will take a back seat, you realize, well, this is easier. This is better. And while you sat in it and stayed, God did another thing in you. He built perseverance and character and hope and faith. Uh, prayer is talking to God about what's on your mind. L- last week, Patrick shared um, one of my favorite passages, too. I got to get a couple of them in here for this message. Philippians chapter 4 tells us, don't be anxious about anything. Y'all hear that? I need to say that to myself right now. Don't be anxious about anything. Jesus says in Matthew, like, what does it do you any good to worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. He's like, I got this. I made sure the grass is growing. I made sure the birds have a place to sleep. You don't think I care about you? Don't be anxious about anything, but what am I supposed to do? See, you're twiddle my thumbs? No, but in every situation by prayer and petition, there it is, prayer. Pray and stay. And with thanksgiving, uh, a lot of times you don't know what to pray about. This is my encouragement to you. I hope to say it a thousand times before I die. If you don't know what to pray about, just start listening to things you're thankful for. Just start there. And you'll start to realize, well, God has already started taking care of some things. I've got a job. That's pretty cool. Don't have brain cancer. That's awesome. Or maybe you do have brain cancer. Well, I have six more months with my family. That's pretty fabulous. I mean, in everything, we can go to God with thanksgiving because of how much he's given us. Present your request to God. Look, that, this is what comes from praying with thanksgiving to God. Verse seven, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You know why we can't be patient? Because our hearts aren't at peace. But when we pray to God, he sets up a century outside of our heart and says, listen, I got you. I'm going to guard your heart with the peace that comes from Jesus. I'm going to get you through this. How much easier would it be to find patience in life if you were surrounded by the peace of God? Traffic? Eh, there'll be another concert next year. <laughs> Maybe not. Glad they recorded a CD. <laughs> and perspective takes place. And our patience meter rises. And fit. Look, you say it like this and it seems easy. But then you walk outside and it's going to be 187 degrees in your car. And your kid is going to just be out of their mind. And the restaurant you go to is going to have terrible service. And it's coming, all right? Just let me tell you. It's coming. It was already there, but now you're going to notice it and you're going to blame it on me. <laughs> but instead, let's take a step back and find the perspective that comes through faith. Remember how big God is, learn about his will, stay and pray. And the more that we understand about who God is and how he wants us to interact in this world, the more we'll see that living that way is going to require a heaping helping of patience. Because this world is difficult. People are difficult. This week, my friend asked me, hey, how you doing? And you know what my answer was? I'm honest. (laughs) I said, people. (laughs) I was going through something at the moment, and he knew what I meant. We need that patience, and it comes from God. I said, listen, if you're running low on patience, if you're running low on faith, don't give up. 
God, God knows. God knows that it's tough. God knows that it's hard. I love this passage that we're going to close with from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. This whole passage is great, but this is God talking about his patience. He wants us to have patience. God never asks us to do something he isn't doing himself. It's pretty cool how he does that. And, and he's like, look, you need to be patient, but let me tell you about patience. Let me tell you about patience. Let me tell you what I put up with, with you. <laughs> Listen to this. He says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. So the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's goal is that we turn back to him in this. Now, there will be a day where he's like, all right, time's up. <laughs> and it's either the day when Jesus comes back to collect us or the day you take your last breath, but time will be up one day. But in the meantime, God's like, look, I know it's a struggle, but I'm patient on you to turn to me. And I'm going to give you the tools you need to do that. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to walk the walk. I need you to tap into my spirit in your life. And I need you to walk the walk. Patience is a big deal to God because it's a good indicator. It's a gauge of how much we're trusting him, how much faith we have. It's hard. But let's do the work and stand together side by side, hand in hand as a family to get through it. Let's walk the walk. I'd love to pray for us this morning. God, we love you. And it's just good to know that uh, the patience is hard. And even in preparing this lesson, I didn't want to talk about patience. <laughs> but you, uh, you showed me that it's good. And so, Lord, I just ask that you give us a heaping helping of faith so we can uh, be more patient. Uh, so that we can deal with the small situations, the, the waitress and the traffic jams, all the way to the big things like the uncertainty of, of life and family and and all that. And know that you guide us through it. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.